Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Good evening, welcome to the Free Parking Show on Spreaker. Uh, uh, Aimless is out tonight. It's uh, myself, Peter, and Ryan. Uh, we're here with the weekend recap. <laughs> uh, how was everybody's weekend? Mine was a little hard on me. It was, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm not, it was a little rough. Uh, shout out to Athens, Ohio, and, and Ohio University. <laughs> <laughs> they started like Fest Weekend, which is like just day drinking, basically. And uh, it was a good time, but I'm feeling it today for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty good. I went and saw that Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane movie, which I thought was pretty good. It wasn't what I expected it to be. And I'm not going to lie, but that hour time difference is killing me right now. I'm I'm still sluggish today, but it was an overall pretty good week, and I no complaints really. I have to give a big thank you to Peter because um, Peter told me about the Sam, Item, Sam Adams uh, Nitro beers and I tried them this weekend for the first time and they were amazing. So I owe you a big one, man. <laughs> They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do much of anything. I kind of hung around the house, watched Little Walking Dead last night. The wife's still playing catch-up. I think she's getting ready to start season four, actually. So she's 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 getting there. Uh not a lot went on in the world of sports. I mean, we had a lot of uh, ACC championship games and whatnot. Uh, the I don't really know where to go with the biggest news story, I guess, uh, the NFL maybe. For those that did not follow at all today, there was a few signings. Eric Weddle is off the market. He goes to Baltimore on a four-year, $26 million contract. Uh, and the other one was Sleever Saliga, formerly of the Patriots, goes to, I think he went to Seattle on a, I think it was a two-year deal, but I'm not exactly sure what the numbers were there. Those were the two uh, notable signings today. A couple of other guys went somewhere. But uh, Weddle going to the Ravens after he says, oh, I want to play for a contender and take a pay cut, came a bit of a shock to me. But, you know, money talks uh, apparently in free agency this go-around, guys. Yeah, the Weddle, um, Weddle really surprised me that he stayed on the on the market that long. Uh you know, I think that he was one of the best players, uh, best free agents available. I think NFL Network had him as their number nine uh, top free agent. Um, and he did stay out there for a while. And you knew that he wanted to leave. That You know, they had the huge falling out between him and the Chargers this season. Um, so I was surprised that it took him as long as it did to to sign a contract. But maybe he was just really exploring his options. Um, he did say he wanted to play for a contender, though, and the Ravens, you know, despite having a, a good history, they had a really bad season last year, so that was an interesting choice for him to make. I thought uh, maybe he didn't have all the options that he thought he was going to have out there and not as much interest. I mean, it's got to be in the back of your mind as an owner that the last ownership that he was with, uh, you know, he publicly shamed and publicly went after so that has to be in the back of your mind. Like, I don't want this dude to come after me when he doesn't like what's going on here in you know a year or two. But sign with the Ravens. This is a good pickup for them. Definitely strengthens the their secondary, um, and they should definitely improve their defense. 
Yeah, that surprised me a little bit too. Uh, I thought that New England would probably get him where he goes to a team that, that could be considered a contender. <clears throat> but at the same time, you look at Baltimore, they're, they're down here last year. I think had a lot to do with injuries on both sides of the football. And maybe, maybe there's something going on there in Baltimore that we don't know about. Because remember, Joe Flacco has made playoffs so many times in his career. The Ravens are a veteran team. So they do have pieces in place. And I, but by them getting Eric Weddle, it allows them to go out and explore their options in free agency and the draft to build their team to, to make a playoff push again for the upcoming season. So it was a bit of a surprise, but at the same time, I can see why he went there. And we all know about, you know, Ed Reed is probably the greatest safety in Ravens history. Actually, I, I would call him the greatest uh, safety in Ravens history. So there's a, a deep history of talented defensive players playing in Baltimore. He's just another name on that list. Yeah, before we move on too much further, we forgot to give out the uh, phone number at the top of the show. Uh, if you'd like to text in, give us your thoughts on everything we're talking about, or uh, you want to hear us uh, talk about something, you, you have a topic for us, want to hear uh, us three debate about or talk about, uh, definitely give us a text, send a text message to 252-621-2065. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so staying in the NFL per se, uh, the other big news that came across, well, you know, I just pulled up the uh, ESPN's webpage because I wasn't really familiar with what happened over the weekend, but there was two huge news stories that went down. Uh, let's get to the first one. I think is a little bit more important than the second one, even though they're both, you know, they're both in the level of importance in, in terms of one about player safety and the other about a player suspension. So let's stick with the 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 player suspension first. Martavis Bryant, done for the year. Already agreed to the, the one-year ban for the marijuana use. <laughs> the inside joke was, he said, hey, you're going to suspend me for the year? Somebody was saying something about he's going to take the year off and continue to smoke weed. So, I mean, hey, that, that's on you, Bryant. You want to put yourself out there like that? Go right ahead. Uh, it, it's just It just amazes me what players do that they have this golden opportunity to play in this league and they turn around and flush it right down the toilet. It is unbelievable, uh, Rich. You're, you're exactly right. And it's just, um, it, you know, when a guy like does steroids and stuff, of course he's a cheater and, and that's terrible and none of us like that. But he's trying to do the best for himself, trying to do the best for his team. You know, guys out there that just can't like smoke and pot, it's, they're just trying just to get a high, just to get change their mind, you know, alter their brain. Um, it's just terrible that, that you know, it's, it's a completely selfish move. Uh, he said that he's going to get suspended uh, without pay. He was set to earn $600,000 this year. So definitely going to miss out on a payday, which, um, you know, depending on how smart he is with the money he's already made, that could really hurt. He's not a pretty young guy. The other thing I want to say about this is – it seems like this always happens in Pittsburgh. Like there, there's something going around Pittsburgh where like this is you know a, a, a problem. I remember when when Wallace was there, he he did. I don't think he, he uh, had a, uh, a bad year analysis, but he said that he smoked pot. And then you have like Le- Le'Veon Bell got in trouble for the smoking pot. Um, and this, it just seems like it's always happening uh, to Pittsburgh team or to Pittsburgh players. So, you know, definitely something that Mike Tomlin needs to keep an eye out for and, and needs to break down in, in the locker room and, and, and end it, you know. 
receiver for the entire season um, because of it. You lost uh, arguably probably the best running back in the league for some time uh, because of it. I mean, it's it's becoming a huge problem with these players, and it definitely seems like Pittsburgh is the place where it, it, it keeps happening the most. Yeah, Ryan, you brought up a really interesting point there. I didn't think of it uh, in that regard about the, the weed issues in Pittsburgh because it was the Garibald and Le'Veon Bell. I got caught heading to an airport with weed originally, and then LeGarrette Blunt got cut. Uh, ironic that a guy with that last name was caught smoking weed. But you know, <laughs> It's like Anthony <laughs> Weiner sending those pictures. It's like perfect. <laughs> this, is so, this is funny. And I, but you're right. I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh. Now, I believe that players, if they keep you know, breaking a rule, yeah, they should be suspended, but... I think we're at a, a time and place now where, I mean, really, when you're smoking weed as a player, it's not really going to do anything. You know, it's, I think the only reason why the NFL doesn't allow it is because they can't, con- they possibly can't control it. You know, there, there aren't doctors that the NFL can refer players to that will, allow, you know, that will give them that stuff. It's, if a player has a concussion or something, you know, or a severe, a severe sorry, a severe injury, they're going to want to have them give them pain pillars or painkillers, right? Well, those are pretty addictive. Weed isn't going to destroy your body. In, in reality, you know, I don't want to, you know, preach about it too long, but, you know, listen, I understand that the rules are the rules, but I think the NFL needs to start changing them because people are getting in more trouble for smoking weed in the NFL. Now, granted, he's probably failed numerous drug tests than they are for hitting women or look at Greg Hardy. He, he's still, he still has the ability to play despite those photos coming about, coming out of the, uh, of his now ex-girlfriend, the, how badly he beat her up. Meanwhile, guys like him are, were still playing last year, but Brian smokes some weed and gets in trouble. I just, now he shouldn't have been doing it yet because of the rules, but at the same time, the NFL needs to change them. And it's, it's just stupid. But, you know, when I thought about this, I was like, man, this isn't going to be good for the Steelers next year, but the Steelers still have Weed and obviously you know, Antonio Brown. So they still have two great receivers and they've got Le'Veon Bell coming back. And Andrew Williams is still there. So they've got a good core of offensive players, but losing a guy like Brian definitely, I think, will hurt them just a little bit. And he, he needs to just stop smoking weed until the NFL changes its ridiculous policy on marijuana use. And, oh, sorry. And last but not least, the NFL acknowledges for the first time the link between football and brain disease, something that we didn't already know. Are you there, Rich? Oh, sorry, I accidentally had the, the mic muted. Uh, the other thing, uh, Peter touched on it. The concussion is back in the news again, guys. NFL acknowledges for the first time the link between football and brain disease. Uh, coming out of Washington, D.C., uh, says here the admission came during a roundtable discussion on concussions convened by the U.S. House of Representative Committee on Energy and Commerce. Uh, Jeff Miller, the NFL Senior Vice President, for health and safety, was asked by Representative Jan Schawalski, uh, District 3rd, if the link between football and non-generative uh, diseases has been established. The answer to that question is certainly yes, Miller said. The, this is no surprise to those who watch football that, yes, it is a, a contact sport. Guys get hit in the head all the time. We see the concussion protocol out there. There's a reason why the concussion protocol has been reworked over the course of the years. The NFL has just not come out and said it. This is the first time they come out and said it on record. I am, for one, you know, want to give tip my hat to the NFL for at least saying, "Hey, yeah, we know that there's a problem. We're gonna come. Or we're gonna publicly come out and say, 
yes, this is a, a you know this is something that needs a lot of work. One thing I wanted to say uh, real quick before we move on from the the uh, Martavius Bronch story is also Pittsburgh signed Darius Hayward Bay to a three year extension, and they're saying that that was a direct result of Bryant's suspension. Uh, so there you say with Bay is going to wow. get a chance to, to shine in Pittsburgh. Oh, you my know. God. <laughs> so uh, terrible. Well, this is the thing, too, is you have to worry now for Bryant is if Hayward Bay comes in and he plays well, you, you lost your job. I mean, there's no question that if he plays good, you're going to move on from the guy that, that has character issues. Um, but, yeah, I think Peter brings up a good point. It's – the pain management factor, but uh, that's a story for another day. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, talking about this, the, the CTEs and the brain disease and stuff, um, it is a problem. And and I think the NFL uh, was not doing their best, but I think they are now. They're really, you know, you have to go through concussion protocol. You have to come out of the game. You have to, um, to be cleared, you have to go through, you know, it's not just your team doctor. You have to go outside your team to a, uh, a non- uh, partisan, you know, uh, doctor has to clear you, which I think is a really great move by them. Um, you know, also getting the guys the help that they need. The NFL has, they were slacking, but they have really stepped up uh, as of late on this. But you get, you're going to get to a point where it's an inherent risk. Uh, you know, it's you football. You you can make it touch football. Like the NFL could be a touch league or a flag league, or you're going to have this problem. Like that's. That's where we're at, and uh, and of course, no one wants to see it become two hand touch, um, but there is an inherent risk. You're gonna, you know, the multiple. It's they say that you know the real cause of like a lot of the stuff and the problems in the CTE is it's not that that one big hit that you take, but it's the hundreds of little ones, uh, the hundreds of little hits to, to the head that you take, um, and especially for guys that you know, that have to come in flying, like linebackers, um, running backs, you know, you're flying into the gap like that. Uh, you're you're going to get uh, hit a lot in the head. You know, it's not going to be just like the one big one. It's it's going to be the several hundreds of small ones that you have over your career. Um, I definitely think that the game's changing, you know. And we talked about it before where you see all of these guys retiring uh, at the age of like 28, 29. Uh, only playing like five or six years and getting out, you know, they they get that one uh, big contract. Their you know their second contract after the rookie contract, uh, play that out and then retire. Um, I think that you're going to see that become more and more of a theme, uh, but for a lot of players, uh, just because of the risk involved in playing. But there there is only so much you can do. I, I have a good friend of mine that is a doctor, uh, is a sports doctor actually. And, and, uh, he sees this a lot and, you know, he deals with concussions all the time. And he told me that, that the helmets that they have right now, you're not going to improve upon. He's just like, this is as good as they're going to get. Um, and he said that they've made like a lot of strides to get their strides to get to this point, but you're not going to make them any better than they are or any safer. Um, so, you know, it's just going to be part of the risk of playing football is concussions in the, in the CTE and, and all of that, which, uh, you know, it's, it's a terror, but you, you know, like, what are you going to do? You either stop playing football, you make it a touch league, uh, you know, or, or you're going to have to deal with these problems. So it's, it does put, um, the NFL in, in a bad spot. Um, cause a lot of people like to paint in a bad light, but they have really stepped up and, and done really great, uh, at, at a, um, 
uh, managing this now, getting players the help they need, making sure players aren't playing with concussions, which is a big thing. So the NFL has definitely stepped their game up. Yeah, I feel like the NFL is finally starting to Sorry, starting to finally step their game up on this issue that really should have been uh, dealt with years and years ago. But I, I think more information, the more information we know about concussions now, uh, definitely has been a help. And somebody who's, you know, I, I can tell you from my experience with them, I started seeing a neurologist in 2010 and I went to another one after him. But I can tell you that with time, that uh, the way that they can help you get through the symptoms, whether it's short-term or long-term, has, they've improved, and uh, absolutely for sure. Uh, and the NFL, you know, I got to give them props for, you know, got to give them props for finally getting around to doing this. Now, I'm not happy with how long it took them. I feel like Roger Goodell has swept some things under the carpet, uh, regarding this, or maybe even people before him. So it's good to see that they're finally starting to work on work on it. Uh, and I and I hope that eventually one day that they can find a way to, to really reduce the amount of concussions. Ryan, you had said unless you're going to change it to two-hand touch or, or flag football, there's probably no way. And I agree, but I think there could be a few different things. One would be to try to uh, update helmet technology. Maybe there's extra padding they can put in there. Or, you know, perhaps there's something they can do with the helmets to help. But the problem is, is that the helmets can only really do so much. Uh, one, of the, can, one of the concussions, I'll give you an example, is actually from a... I was mountain biking in Vermont, not on the, you know, I was like a pedal mountain bike and I crashed and I had a full face helmet on, one of those things that really protects your head, but I ended up getting a concussion, a concussion no matter what. So helmets can only do so much, but in the NFL, maybe they can try to adjust them just a little bit more to help players uh, not easily get concussed because once you start getting those, they add up and it can really affect the way you think. And it can really, it can really clog your mind. You know, there are days once in a while where I personally have, trouble figuring things out, but only once in a great while, like it'll take me maybe a minute or two to understand something. But, you know, obviously I would hate to have anyone else go through what I've gone through. And I've been lucky to have good doctors. And I hope that one day that we can, the NFL can figure out a way to really diminish concussions in the NFL without having to take away the tackling at the tackling aspect of the game. And I think we're starting to see just the tip of the iceberg here with how far <clears throat> concussion, concussion, um, Research has gone and how it'll help help uh, the future generation, uh, not just on the football field but off the football field. You know whether it's an on the work concussion, uh, you know in the military, police, you know something like that where it can happen where people can get the help that they need. And one last story to go over, guys. Uh, B.J. Raji, longtime Green Bay Packer, he quote unquote retired, but then he says he's just taking a hiatus away from the NFL. Do you think he's going to come back, or do you think he's actually going to go ahead and retire? <clears throat> yeah, he released a statement uh, earlier today that said he's taking a hiatus, uh, and he said that he cannot rule a return to the NFL in the future. Um, and this is a quote that he said, uh, I've played football and been defined as a football player for as long as I can remember. This offseason was the first time that I felt myself pulled in another direction. I'm excited to be the fir- to be all in with my family back home and then explore new frontiers. I'm not exactly sure what the next phase of my life will entail, but I'm confident that all the lessons I learned during my NFL journey will provide me uh, a solid foundation for success. Uh, you know, it's it's it is crazy we're just talking about the the concussion things and stuff. BJ Rogers, he's only 29 years old. Um 
So definitely, you know, uh, has some years left in him. And this is he's starting to get to that point, though, for a defensive lineman, you know, where he's starting to get towards the point where you see a lot of them retire in that 34 to 36 age. Uh, but still, you know, in the meat of his career here uh, and, and taking a hiatus, this makes me think that um, you might not see him back. Uh, you know, it's the emotional uh, toll is, <clears throat> you know, we always talk about the physical toll, but the emotional toll too and playing football, uh, not seeing your family, you know, all that much as you're traveling around. Uh, and then even in the off season, you're working out constantly. You have many camps and you have, uh, you know, going into to training camps and, and <clears throat> into the season, and then you're traveling all the time. Uh, you have practices, so it's you do miss time with your family, uh, and he definitely that is a big part of it for BJ Rogers. He even said uh, in the quote that I read that he he can't be wait to be all in with his family. Um, and you know the the health things you definitely worry about the and it's just is your mind there? Like, are you ready to come back for another season? Um, I heard uh, I heard um, Brett Favre talk about it one time, uh, and he said that saying goodbye from football is 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 incredibly hard because it's like it's easy if you're retired week nine. He said it would be easy to get out of the NFL because you're sore, your body hurts, you're doing the grind, you're missing your family, you know, you're gone all the time. He's like, but by the end of the season, all you can think about. You know, then is just like, well, I want to get back in. I want to, you know, start working out and, and stuff. And it's hard to get back in. So if if Raji, this is the time when it's easy to to stay. Uh, and you know, he hasn't played in, in quite some time now. We're looking at months now since BJ Raji actually suited up and played. Um, so the soreness and says stuff has probably you know started to to subside. Um, and you know, this is the easy point when it's easy to come back. You know, it's easy to say like, yeah, I'm gonna be back. Uh, I'm going to be back uh, this next year and stuff. And But, you know, he did have the groin injury earlier this year, and maybe that's a, a factor in, in this as well. Um, then definitely, you know, family, he said that that was a big part of it. So I, I'm going to say that I honestly would be surprised to see him back at this point. You know, it's when you step away from football like that, and then, and then it's going to be next year, uh, is he in the shape to play? I and mean, we all know he's a huge guy. He's a big guy. Is he going to be in shape to play? Is he going to stay in the gym the entire time? Because um, you have to stay in immaculate shape to play in this league, as we all know. Is he going to, you know, when you are sitting in your house in October watching football and you're like, man, my shoulder feels fine. My knees feel fine. My ankles feel fine. You know, this groin injury uh, doesn't bother me anymore. It's going to be hard to think. I want to go back and get all these injuries again, or you know, rack up this soreness and and put my body through that again. I think it's it's going to be hard after you step away from football to con- to to come back like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. We don't really have a precedence for this, so it's hard to to build it off of anything or to say like, well, this guy did this, or because we've never seen a guy this young do this, um, or at least that I remember. But I would be surprised to see him back. I'd be surprised to see him back too. It, you know, you brought up the groin injury. I think he definitely has a hard to play in it, and I feel like his health has sort of been an issue during his career. Uh, despite playing most games in every season, I think he's had some health issues. And like you said, he's a big guy, and if he missed, if he wants to be with his family, clearly there's something going on there, and maybe he just needs a break from football to kind of figure out where he's going to go in life because. I like B.J. Raji a lot. I think he's a great player. Uh, you know, he was a 
first round ninth overall pick back in 2009. So he's played at, you know, he's played nine seasons in the NFL. Or I'm sorry, no, not has it been nine seasons. I'm sorry, no, he hasn't played nine one. He's played six. Uh, so, you know, obviously uh, playing as many as he has played. I'm sorry, um, yeah, he's played six. So he'd be entering his seventh season this year. But he hasn't played many seasons. Um, he missed all 2014, remember that. So he had a year between 2013 and last year off due to injury. So I got to kind of wonder if E.J. Raji is maybe just not mentally all there because last year, you know, like you said, the groin injury, you come off an injury that derails your whole season, then you come back and you get hurt again. He might be thinking to himself, I need to take care of myself for post-football life and, and having a career after football. So maybe he takes a year off, takes some time to think about it, and then comes back. But truthfully, I think he's done in the NFL – I like him a lot as a player, uh, but I think it's I think he's going to hang it up and just kind of do his own thing. You know, he's won the Super Bowl with Green Bay. Uh, you know, he's played great for them when they needed him to play great. And if he wants to retire, you know, good for him because I, to me, your your body should come first and your well being should come first above anything else. Because you know, do you want to go out and be hurt all the time and? you know, have a hard time walking around at an old age? No, and I think he wants to just be able to make sure he takes care of himself and be able to make sure he can take care of his family too. And we've got a few quarterbacks that are in the news as well. Uh, first foremost, Mark Sanchez, for those don't know, that was traded Friday afternoon from the Jets, or no, I'm sorry, from the Eagles to the Broncos. Uh I don't know what Denver's doing. Uh, the other quarterback in the news, along with the Broncos, is Colin Kaepernick. Apparently, the Broncos are, are asking the 49ers for Kaepernick. The 49ers want a second rounder. Except I, I think it's a second round pick. Uh, the Browns are also in on it, and they may or may not ask a third round pick. I think the thing with Kaepernick is the, the money issue. He was given that huge contract. He's going to be half are going to be willing to have to take a pay cut. And RG3 has still not yet signed. I know he visited the Jets as well. And last but not least, uh, Johnny Manziel. I want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with this quarterback uh, carousel that's going on in the league. I personally don't think anybody's going – I think everybody's going to take a flyer on Manziel. I think there's too much of a headache there. Uh, as far as Kaepernick goes, I want to say he's going to get traded to, to the – to the Broncos before he gets traded to the Browns and, and Sanchez going to the Broncos is just laughable at this point. Oh yeah. And I forgot to mention Ryan Fitzpatrick is asking for top dollar right now. And apparently nobody's willing to give it to him. I just want to hear you guys' thoughts on these court, this, this quarterback issue and free agency that's going around right now. Yeah. A lot of interest right now uh, with these guys um, because there are a few teams out there that desperately need a quarterback. As you mentioned uh, the jets, if they can't figure out the Fitz magic thing, um, uh, the 49ers are another team that are, are looking Rams uh, and then the Broncos Browns, of course. Um, the Sanchez thing at first, my first reaction of course was just like, why, why would you do that? Um, but then me and Amos actually talked about it for a while the day, and he does know how to run play action. He's good on a rollout, so I don't think it's that bad of an idea because you know that's what Kubiak likes to do is is run the ball down your throat and then work off play action, uh, run to set up the pass. Um, and Sanchez can do that um, to an extent. You know, obviously not the best in the league at it, but it is one of his strengths as a quarterback. Um, and you know, you bring a guy in that 
I think you got you get yourself a solid because if you're being honest here, Mark Sanchez, if he's your backup quarterback, one of the better backups in the league, uh, if not, you know, he's probably in that top ten, top five category of backup quarterbacks in the league. Um, and if you can get another guy in to to face off against each other, like you know, they're still going after Kaepernick, uh, and then it'll be interesting to see which one of those come, which one of those two guys come out on top. Uh, but I think, you know, after I thought about it for a while, I don't think it was that bad of an idea. Uh, you know, you get a guy that you for sure have a guy that can lead your team uh, or somewhat, you know, manage a game at least. Uh, definitely an upgrade <clears throat> from just having uh, the one guy. I can't remember his name for like Simeon or, or whatever his name is. So it's, it's an upgrade. Uh, you get a guy's safe play uh, in case Kaepernick doesn't work out. You know, you don't get the guy that you want. You still have a quarterback there, and if you do get the guy like Kaepernick and come in, then you can have Sanchez as a backup, or if Sanchez wins the job, uh, whatnot. <clears throat> uh, now you look at um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and this is interesting because the Jets don't have the money to pay him the kind of money that he wants. They just don't have that cap space to do that. He's looking for eighteen million uh, a year, which you know it's. He had a good season last year. He has been a pretty good, you know, when Pete, he comes in for a team, he, he normally plays pretty well. Um, a very, a very solid backup for a lot of years. And then last year really proved that he can take over a team and be a starter. Uh, and, he, and he had a good season. But it is still, it's it was one season. You don't know if you want to give him that much money. I understand that. And the Jets just don't have the money to do it. Um, but to me, I'm surprised that the Broncos aren't trying to, to make uh, – an offer at him um, uh, or the Browns or some of these teams, the Rams, another one, don't make it an offer at him. Cause in my opinion, if I was going out there in this QB market right now and I needed a quarterback, I think that Fitzpatrick would be my go-to, you know, right off the bat. I think I would try to go for him. I think he's the best out of uh, the guys that are left uh, in this. Then you look at RG three. I don't know where he'll end up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about him becoming a Ram, uh, but you know, that's just rumors right now. Um, I think that he does have something left in the tank, but you know you do have the risk of the injury. It's it's huge. Uh, he is, you know, he's Derrick Rose of of the NFL. You know, except for Derrick Rose had uh, more than one good season, but he had that one great season as a rookie, and then just injury prone and not really great when he has played. So it's definitely a big question mark there. Kaepernick, another big question because he, you know, he's definitely. You I mean he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert last year? That that does not bode well. Um, and then Johnny Manziel, who I think, even out of this list, is towards the bottom of the pack talent wise, um, and definitely at the top of it risk wise. I mean, you could say that between him and RG three, with RG three with the the injury risk, and and then. Uh, Johnny Menzo with the, the alcohol, which is obviously an alcohol problem at, at this point. Uh, you know, he's showing that he, he just doesn't know how to handle himself um, when he drinks. He's now he's getting investigated for domestic violence, um, and you know, it's just. Uh, I think me and Peter talked about this a while back, and and Peter said that he's Ryan Leaf 2.0, and it's exactly true. You're seeing the same things you saw with Leaf. Like every, every now and again, you see these flashes of talent where you think maybe he can do something in this league, uh, and then you know he'll play poor, and the the off the field issues are piling up for Johnny Manziel. So I completely agree with what you said, Rich. I think that he's untouchable at this point. The other guys, um, I think Kaepernick's going to end up a Bronco, is what it looks like here. Um, the Browns will 
end up trying to make a play probably for um Matt for Fitzpatrick or for uh for RG3. And really, uh going back to Fitzpatrick, last thing I'll say on this is I think that that price tag is the only reason people are passing. Because you're gonna get RG three for cheaper, you're gonna get Kaepernick for cheaper, you're gonna get uh Johnny Manziel for much and much cheaper, you know. A lot a big difference between eighteen million and the, you know, couple million dollar contract that Manziel's gonna get or the, you know, couple million dollars that RG three or Kaepernick's gonna get. That's a big difference. Are you willing to pay him franchise quarterback money if you don't know he can play at that level? Yeah, so I want to – well, so when Sanchez got traded to the Broncos, I was – I think it's kind of a bad move, to be honest with you, in some ways because, you know, Ryan, you touched on it. He can run that bootleg play action, but the problem is, is that he's so limited, and I think the NFL has figured him out in some sense, but on the flip side to what we made me think was a good idea is I thought back about his first two years in the league where he was on a team that ran the ball and played defense. And the Denver Broncos can play defense, but the Broncos struggled to run the ball consistently last year, and it was it was bad. And uh, at times, the running game just didn't seem to get things going. And now C.J. Anderson might be walking out the door. So do you really use him as a starter? I'm not sure. I think part of the reason why he was traded too, and I just wanted to mention this really quick before I get back to what my point here about Sanchez going to the Broncos is that the Eagles signed Chase Daniel, who was the backup to Alex Smith last year in Kansas City. Um, he's been there for um, not he, he was a backup for some time there, so he knows Doug Peters' offense. So they brought him in, and that kind of made Mar Sanchez expendable. And so I think the Broncos wanted to bring in a veteran quarterback in the event they can't land somebody because. Brian Fitzpatrick wants $18 million a year. I don't think he's worth that kind of money. And the only reason I think he's asking for that is we just saw Sam Bradford get $18 million for this upcoming season for a guy that really hasn't done much in the NFL. So Ryan Fitzpatrick's probably thinking, well, I had a career year last year. I had the best season the Jets quarterbacks ever had. They should pay me my money. I think Fitzpatrick is going to end up being backed into a corner by the Jets because you know, frankly, I don't see how he can expect that much money from a team that can't afford him to pay him that much. So, you know, and I'll talk about Fitzpatrick a little bit later, but Sanchez, to me, he's a good backup, and if you need him to start occasionally this year, he'll be okay, but I don't trust him being my full-time starter just yet, unless this team can give him the confidence he needs, because there's something he that he'll have here as a starter that he's never really had in his career and then the top-tier weapons, Emmanuel Sanders and Marius Thomas, two of the best of what they do in the NFL. He's never really had guys like that. So it'll be interesting to see if he can mesh well with those guys and maybe turn into be, you know, a quarterback that's, that's good enough to win the games and that can get you there in the playoffs. You know, he's not going to wow you with anything, Sanchez. And then, you, then we talk about Fitzpatrick. I just said that I think the asking price he wants is too much. In my opinion, because he had one good year doesn't mean anything to me. Because remember what happened the final game of the year. He threw three interceptions when they needed to win that game against the Jets' old head coach and his old team, the uh, <clears throat> the Buffalo Bills. So it, he, he was not good in that game, and I think that's what scares the Jets to pay him that kind of money because you can play well all year, pretty much all year long, and then you get to that big game and you can't win it. And then, uh, you know, obviously the Kaepernick RG3 situation. There's, I, I'm not really sure to make it what, what's going to happen with those two, but I think if Kaepernick doesn't get traded, you'll see RG3 get signed because Kaepernick 
uh, more teams seem to, be seem to be more interested in Kaepernick right now than RG3 because we've seen what Kaepernick can and can't do. As of late, RG3 hasn't played since 2000 and, the 2014 season. So <clears throat> that kind of, the, the two of those are kind of, they kind of, you know, they go hand in hand. You know, if Kaepernick goes somewhere, then RG3 will get signed. If Kaepernick doesn't get traded, RG3 should get signed, in my opinion. And then the Johnny Manziel situation, I don't see him getting signed by anybody. He has too many issues with what appears to be an alcohol problem, obviously the domestic violence case. And Manziel is just, and like I've said before, he's Ryan Leaf 2.0. He has talent, but he acts stupid and he's self-centered. And I got to be honest with you, and I'm going to leave it off at this. I think the reason Manziel has issues he does with the drinking and domestic violence has nothing to do with this is when he was in college, he was a big man on campus. He was, he was a loose cannon. He would just go out there and have fun. And, you know, he would just, he was, you know, he, he could probably, you know, do a lot of stupid things to get away with it because of who he was. But in the NFL, he comes to Cleveland. He's not the big man on campus. He's a rookie trying to learn the playbook and trying to learn the ways. And I think he's depressed and that's what makes him turn to drinking and whatever else he does. And I, but I got to be honest with you. I think the NFL seen enough of him uh, off the field and the lack of production on the field that even want to take a shot at him and, in my opinion, his career is now over, and he'll never play another down in the NFL. You know, I'm not going to rule it out completely, but as far as this year goes, I think he is a flight risk. All right, we're going to shift over to the hardwood. Uh, one of the biggest nights, uh, there's a big night in the NBA, nine games were on the schedule. One is in the books. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki had 23 points. Chandler Parson had 24 points. Uh, Raymond Felton added in with uh, 12 dimes. Uh they snap a five-game uh, losing streak, beating the uh, Charlotte Hornets by the final score of 107 to 96. For those that don't know, I'm a Mavericks fan. It's been it, it's been it's been pretty tough watching these last couple or you know following these last couple games on this losing streak. Uh, elsewhere in the NBA, Heat over Nuggets 107-103. Uh, they're about midway through the fourth quarter. Bulls 106, Raptors 98. Uh, t- just under two minutes in that one. Pist, or I'm sorry, Wizards 80, uh, Pistons 51, midway through the third. Uh, Rockets 77, Grizzlies 45, midway through the third. Uh, Thunder 100, Trailblazers uh, now 70, uh, just ending the third quarter. And later on tonight, uh, Timberwolves, Suns, Cavaliers, Jazz, Pelicans, Warriors. Uh, they good. Huge night in the NBA. Nine games on, on the dock, and I'm when I read that score off for you, Ron. I'm sure that uh, that you were happy to hear the Wizards were basically blowing the Grizzlies out. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, they were blowing the Pistons out by what twenty twenty nine points already. Yeah, ab- absolutely, uh, Rich. Absolutely uh, exciting to see right now because there was, you know, there's definitely been a shift in that second level of teams in the Eastern Conference in the last uh, since the All Star break, really, like. If the playoffs were today, Chicago, Washington, and Milwaukee would would not be in the uh, playoffs. And and teams like Atlanta, Indiana, Detroit, uh, Charlotte all moved up. Um, so right now the Wizards find themselves, uh, it looks like they find themselves three and a half games out of the playoffs. And the Detroit Pistons are setting in that eighth place spot, you know, the final playoff spot for the Eastern Conference. So a big win over them tonight. You know, closing the gap a little bit as we're getting. I mean, it's crunch time. You got to start. You got to win games consistently now, because you put yourself in a bad spot. The Wizards have um, Bulls the same way. The Chicago Bulls need to start winning games right now if they want to be able to play uh, come playoff time. 
Um, I did get a text, though, on the last issue real quick I wanted to bring up. Uh, from the 301 area code, it said this is the worst uh, free agent market for quarterbacks that, that I've seen in a while. And, and I kind of agree. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there, and there's just a lot of teams that need them, and there's a really poor draft. That's the big thing is this draft has two guys that you know might end up being starters, in my opinion, uh, two guys that have starter quality, uh, and, and Carson Wentz and in, um, uh Jared Goff, then that's the reason. It's it's just a weak, very weak draft class at quarterback. But getting back to basketball, uh, you definitely seen a shift in the in the Eastern Conference, as I said. And, and these teams, uh, you know, some teams that that definitely helped themselves tonight. I mean, they, Washington right now has a thirty point lead, eighty two fifty two right now. Um, and then you look at like the Western Conference here. Houston has played themselves and has played bait, a little bit better as of late. I'm kind of impressed with what they've been doing, but really uh, the West kind of looks like it has for a while. Now, there's a sub-movement, but still most of the teams that are in the race uh, have been the same teams that have been in the race for a while. Um, and everybody, of course, has all eyes on Golden State as as they're closing in now. They've played uh, with six losses, so they can only afford three losses to tie the record or two losses to – I mean three losses to beat the record, excuse me. Um, right now, and they have you know 65 games into the season, so we're getting to that that crunch time, that point where you know it looks like they're going to be able to get it done, uh, which I think everybody's excited to see if they can or not. Um, but yeah, definitely excited to see the Wizards win tonight. They definitely need to keep this going if they want a chance to play in the playoffs because they put themselves in a bad situation, setting three and a half games behind eighth place. And, and speaking on the Warriors, before we shift over to Peter. A uh, win tonight would give them uh, hit them at sixty wins for the year so far. Although they're what yeah. undefeated at home in like the last forty something games, so <laughs> you might as well <laughs> shoot in as they're going to be sixty and six after tonight. <laughs> yeah, Chicago, Chicago needs to win these games, right? You said it perfectly. Chicago has has to keep winning games despite the injuries that they have because they are currently right now sitting. Just outside of the playoffs, uh, they're sitting just behind Detroit. So Chicago has to win because unless they want to make the, you know, but if they don't, they're not going to make the playoffs because the East, it's uh, you know, from, there, there's a lot of possibilities for, for the seventh and eighth seeds to not be who they are currently because you got Indiana and Detroit right now sitting at seven and eight respectively, uh, and then you know obviously we've got. <clears throat> The Wizards beating the Pistons 85 to 54 currently. They're, they're beating upon them pretty bad. So that definitely helps Washington's chances of making the playoffs. So, uh, the games, some of the games looking forward to later. I'm curious to see how the Warriors are going to play tonight. They've had a couple games lately that have been really close and too close for comfort. Uh, they were starting at 7 30, uh, my time out here in Nevada. So that's 7 30 Pacific time. So, I'm looking forward to that game because that's gonna that has implications like definitely in the playoffs because the Spurs are only I believe four games back if I'm not mistaken right now, um, uh, or they're three and a half back on, on Golden State. So Golden State is gonna have to continue to win games because the Spurs are holding holding on for dear life, hoping that they can get the top seed in that conference. So definitely a big game to watch for tonight is the um, is the Warriors game. I want to real quick touch on something that that Peter said there. Uh, 
that I thought was a, a pretty good point about um, uh, it being close. I'm oh, sorry, uh, it being close um, in the Eastern Conference. And a lot of these games, like it's going to be tough, but we could see another big shift because Chicago and the Wizards. I think the Milwaukee Bucks belong in this talk too. Have the talent to take over games uh, at, at certain points. You know, John Wall. You look at John Wall. Uh, for the Wizards, he has the, the, the ability, Gortat, and they have a solid team, but they need to start winning these games. Another thing tonight with the games just playing tonight, a lot of blowouts. I mean, you're looking at uh, Dallas won pretty handedly, an 11-point win. Uh, you look at uh, Washington just destroying Detroit right now. Houston is destroying Memphis right now. OKC is destroying Portland right now. I mean, a lot of uh, blowouts. Really, the... The Miami game is a six-point difference, and the Chicago and the Raptors game is a four-point difference. So two tight games, but a lot of big blowouts tonight. Um, and I'm going to go on record and say that I think that Golden State's going to be the next big blowout tonight. The Pelicans not playing great basketball right now. <laughs> and and speak, speaking on that Bulls-Raptors game, it looks like they're at a timeout. 25 ticks left to go on the, the game clock, so... Uh, they were they were without Derek, both Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler both did not play tonight, it, it, you know. It, and they it was funny. I had it on NBA TV trying to catch some of the live look-ins, and I think it was uh, Barry. Uh, I can't remember his first name. The guy that works John Barry, maybe. He said it's like the problem with the Bulls is is it's like a deck of cards. They get one, you know, they get one back and they have to put one back down. It's like they're trading Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose comes back, Jimmy Butler gets hurt. Jimmy Butler comes back, Derrick Rose is hurt. And I'm like, when is Derrick Rose not hurt, though? <laughs> he is always injured. He really is. <laughs> he has, like, I'm pretty sure a designated spot. Like, if you look at down uh, Chicago's bench, there's a chair that just says, like, reserved for Derrick Rose because he's always sitting on the pine, man. That just, it's sad to see because he does have an unbelievable skill set. Um, you know, he, he's right up there, I think, with Chris Paul and that uh, unbelievably athletic, makes great moves, smart with the basketball, really great passer, uh, can finish at the rim, but uh, he just can't stay healthy. You know, it's it's, it's awful to see uh, the way his career's gone because he just can't stay healthy at all. And it's, it's like we said, I, I, I always say, why well, don't they get rid of Derrick Rose while they, they can get something for him? You may be able to get him for a bag of peanuts to be able to feed uh, Jimmy Butler while, you know, Derrick Rose is sitting on the bench. But, I mean, <laughs> that dude is like, I, I swear, I've never seen somebody that had so much potential get injured so often. It's like, he's like the Greg Oden of uh, of uh, draft picks. Greg Oden, excellent potential, complete overall draft pick bust. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. The only thing I would say is just Derrick Rose. I mean, he was that MVP the one year. I mean, he had that great season that we saw. Um, I wanted to talk about, one, while we're on the topic of basketball, one quick thing I wanted to talk about, uh, give some love out here, because everybody's been talking about uh, Golden State and the Warriors and how well they've done this season. They have. I mean, it's amazing the run that they put on. Um but because uh, being out there in the West and, and being stuck in the shadow, nobody has really given uh, Damian Lillard enough credit for what he's doing out there uh, for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, you know, if if Steph Curry uh, wasn't having the season that he was having, uh, then this young man would be in the running for a uh, 
for um, MVP because he's had an absolutely outstanding season right now. Twenty five point eight. Really led. You know, this is a team that lost Marcus Aldridge. You know, if you remember, so they have had. Uh, you know, to play down with with one of their best players leaving, and they're still you know still in the hunt right now at thirty five and thirty two. Um, they're second in the Northwest Division, uh, and Damian Lillard has been putting on a show, and he hasn't gotten a lot of credit. Anybody who's not a big basketballs fan, um, you know, probably doesn't know a lot about him. Um, you know, being a younger guy and just being in Steph Curry's shadow out there in the West. Uh, and especially because of the West games, you know, always on so late, hard to catch them for us, us East Coast guys. But Damian Lillard has been putting on a great performance this season. Uh, really impressive what he's been able to do uh, so far, and he deserves more credit than he than he has been given so far. And for those that are living under a rock, uh, NCAA tournament kicks off. I think it's Wednesday night. There's uh, the the leading game Wednesday night, determining that last seeded spot. Uh, who was it? Oregon. Get my bag and get one of the... uh, Oregon, UNC, Virginia, and uh, Kansas. The uh, the top overall, the the number one seeds for each bracket. Everyone agree with those? I know there's a debate coming up on Wednesday about this, but I think in one of the debates we were asking who the number one uh, seeds were going to be, and ESPN actually predicted them correctly, and I went with that. And uh, for the record, I lost the point on that one now. <laughs> I wonder who could have done that, man. Yeah, old Bernie Madoff, Ryan Moreland over there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think I agree with most of these as a whole. Of course, Kansas, I think North Carolina and Virginia all no brainers. Oregon, I think, is the only team that you could make an argument for that they should probably maybe be a two seed. Um, you know, but we saw Oklahoma lose to West Virginia in the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, I think that pushed them back not making the championship game. Uh, Villanova, um, I think it was right on that cusp of being a one seed as well. Uh, you know, and then you have Xavier and Michigan State, your other two seeds. Um, you can make a strong argument for Xavier to be uh, up towards the front too. I think Illinova, of course, in front of them. Um, but I think maybe if Oklahoma would have been able to win the Big 12, they would have been the other um, the other one seed. Or if, you know, at least making the finals game, they lost – uh, a very tight one to West Virginia in the Big 12 Finals, and I think that that cemented them as a two-seed. Uh, but everybody, of course, we've been talking about our bracket challenge. I wanted to bring it up real quick. It's open now. Um, it's on Yahoo if you search uh, free parking spelled out the way um, it is on the show here, like F-R-E-E and then uppercase P-A-R-R, lowercase K-I-N-G. Uh, we have it up and open um, there's a password on it. The password is just free parking, all lowercase, uh, so to join in. If it's, uh, let me know if you're having problems with it. Email us. Our email, uh, if for any questions or anything that you have, is just free parking at Gmail. Um, to feel free to shoot a message, and I can definitely add you on to the group. Uh, we do have some some prizes out here. We're gonna announce those tomorrow night. All of the prizes. Uh, but definitely looking forward to this this bracket, this March Madness, and uh, I definitely agree. I think I got to agree with all the one seeds. I was thinking maybe Oklahoma over Oregon, um, but I think that Oregon really deserves it. I still think that Oklahoma is the better team, 
Uh, I think, you know, in a head-to-head matchup, I'm definitely taking Oklahoma. But I think that, you know, losing, not making it to the finals uh, of the Big 12 uh, hurt Oklahoma for sure. Uh, real quickly, that Wizards uh, game has been ballooned to a 30-point lead for the Wizards, 93-63 over Detroit. Uh, the Bulls game is getting ready to go down to the wire. It's a one-point game with about three ticks left on the clock. If that goes final, I will report that one to you guys live. Did you have anything to add for that, uh, the NCAA there, Peter? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the tournament again this year. I'm kind of excited to see how far the UConn team can go while being a native Connecticut person my entire life until just about a year and a half ago. I mean, I still follow them to this day, but... I, I'm hoping that they can at least make some noise. I don't think they're going to win the whole thing, but you never know. It, that's one of the things I enjoy most about March Madness is that it's it really is what it is. It's March Madness. You, you never know what's going to happen, and uh, there's always going to be some great games. And I feel like every year there's always that one team that people talk about for a long time. So I'm kind of hoping UConn can make some noise this year and, and start heading back into the right direction and winning more championships. UConn's, I mean, there's so many teams in here that could make a, a big splash. I mean, I'm looking at the brackets right now, and there's so many teams that are in that, you know, uh, that later group, that like 6 to 11, 6 to 12 kind of group that could make some noise. Uh, I'm looking around here and seeing some teams that I haven't, I started filling up my bracket, but I haven't finished yet. Uh, definitely doing some research on some of the schools that I haven't gotten a lot to see, but there's some definitely some teams that have lower that are not in that top four seeds that are going to make some noise um, come bracket time. You know, Maryland uh, in the South, I think that Maryland is a team that has a very good team and could make a lot of noise, could give people a lot of headaches. Um, Texas is a team that, you know, they like to run the press. Uh, they like to, to make you, force you into make mistakes. You know, they're not the most talented team, but they are good at what they do. Uh, you know, Wichita State has to play the play-in game. Uh, they're a team that still has a lot of talent. Gonzaga's an 11 seed. They're always a dangerous team. Dayton, you know, I think that Dayton has a, has a good shot at pulling um, some big upsets on their way. You know, there's a lot of teams that I'm looking around and I'm seeing like, man, how that team's like a solid team. They got uh, seated pretty low. And they, you know, they're going to make make some noise moving forward down this list. Definitely excited to see. Um, to watch, excited to, to compete against all the fans, and and of course uh, Peter, Rich, Amos, all going to be on there, and then some guys that have uh, been on the show, you've heard on the show, are also going to join in. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we might have to fight Mitch <laughs> to make one, as, as everybody that listens knows he's not a basketball fan at all, but but uh, you know, a lot of those guys uh, will end up making. Uh, I've already you know talked to them about it, and they're on board for making on some. So it's not just us four. You're taking on a lot of the guys that you've heard uh, live on air. Uh, definitely got some great prizes coming down. We'll announce them officially tomorrow. But there's going to be some guest spots for people to come on and, and talk to us on the show. There's going to be um, uh, maybe some gift card action going on, so you can get some. Some stuff, uh, definitely a lot of cool things that we have cooked up. We're going to officially announce them all tomorrow night, but um, we, we'd love to have everybody on there uh, competing, um, you know, so everybody can come in second place to me. 
<laughs> uh, real quickly, uh, last score update before we get out of here. Bulls hold on, beat the Raptors 109-107. Huge win for them. Raptors are sitting, you know, they're one of the elite teams in the East, which is sad to say. Uh, Miami holds on, beats uh, Golden State, or not Golden State, I'm sorry, Denver by the score 124-119. to 119. Uh, that's about all the time we have for tonight. Uh, any closing thoughts? I'm probably going to go uh, play some catch-up on the DVR tonight, watch a little bit of this game, although there's not much of a game left here on uh, ESPN. Yeah, um, tomorrow night, if you want to listen to the show, the, the Beers and Cheers show at 9 p.m., uh, me and Amos are going to go really in-depth on the bracket, uh, talk about some teams. So if you're wanting some tips for your bracket and you want to hear what, what we think on some teams, definitely uh, text into the show tomorrow night. We'll definitely answer any questions you have. We're going to go over some upsets, some teams that we think, you know, we're going to go from the south, the west, the east, the midwest, all, all four uh, sections of the bracket and really break it down. Uh, give you some insight on that. Um, and then Wednesday, of course, we have the free parking show. I mean, the, the par for the score show, excuse me. Uh, and the, the guest this week uh, is actually going to be my little brother, uh, Corey Moreland. Uh, excited to have him on. It's actually his birthday Wednesday night, so he's going to have a birthday and go in the game. So I told him that he has a, get, a great chance to lose to me on his birthday. So he's excited to take me on. Uh, very excited to have him on the show. Um, I'm not sure exactly what we're cooking up for Thursday, and then of course Friday you guys have the the free for all with with Rich and Peter. Um, which if you're a Walking Dead fan, you got to be listening to. Uh, one, I don't listen to it because I'm a little bit behind. I'm catching up on the Walking Dead right now, so I don't want any spoilers. But one of my friends listens to it all the time, and he says that the show's really good, really funny stuff. Yeah, it, another. I don't know if you've caught up yet or not, Peter. Uh, great show, a uh, great episode last night. It looks like. A real taste of what's coming on. It looks like they're on par for bringing Negan in. They're right along with issues. From my understanding, they just... I think uh, there's three episodes left of the year. It looks like they kind of tied issue 97 in in the last two episodes. You're looking at 98, 99, 100. So it does not look like we are going to see Negan until the season finale. I have not cut up. No, I'm actually probably going to be watching that as soon as we, do, as soon as we get up the air today. I'm going to... I watched it the day after it airs because I um I can watch it on AMC.com, but I just I don't have basic cable, so I can't watch it when it's actually on TV. So I'm going to do that tonight, and uh, I'm looking forward to March Madness starting, and hopefully this quarterback carousel gets uh gets settled soon, so we can have some uh some more debates and talks about what uh the quarterback uh, the quarterback carousel in the NFL that's currently going on. All right, uh, that's all we have for you tonight. Uh, tune in tomorrow night for the Beers and Cheers show. We are out here. Everyone have a great evening. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. 